Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Hello and welcome in to another Red Out Podcast. And this is 2020. This is 2020. This is 2020. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. I know Jake's cringing right now, but I am as well. Oh, Jared is too. Hey, buddy, how's it going? First good cringe of the year. Thank you for that. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't First resist. I couldn't resist. So, did you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was good. How about you? Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, we've had another baby shower, so nice. um, it wait. Was, how did you shower the baby if it's not here yet? Uh, shower it with gifts, <laughs> and that's the way we do this. Um, if you can hear this, that yes. is um, clear. That is a gallon wine jug full of goldfish. It sounded like a baby rattle. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if my baby can rattle this, then she is going to be like Hulk Hogan. Um, but yes, this is what I'm eating right now is just leftover baby shower stuff. And I've got a half a sheet cake in the fridge that I'm going to be going after, but nice. I know you all aren't awesome. Hey Ross, how's it hey going? Hey guys, how's it going? Happy new year. Happy new year to you. You missed my, uh, Barbara Walters, uh, dedication. So, Did um, you die or something? No, it's, this is 2020. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, so I guess we'll jump into it. Jake's going to be a little late. He said he's going to bathe his baby, which I mean, isn't that just like a pressure washer? Just real quick. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, it just uh, depends on the night. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I'm just messing. Uh, but just you, like all you'll learn here soon, Devin. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, T minus twenty three days. Oh wow. So, We'll see how everything goes. She, we had an ultrasound yesterday, and the tech said she is measuring about a day early, so she's a day larger than what she should be projected. So we'll see. Um, winners and losers. Uh, right now, I think America is going to say, uh, "Yay!" because the Patriots lost. Yes, Amen. Yeah, I know you're happy, Jared. Oh, always. I mean, first of all. The Dolphins beat them, which is what kept them from getting the first round bye, which even when the Dolphins are terrible, like, you still want them to always beat the Patriots. Like, they're the equivalent of MTSU when it comes to, like, NFL sports for me. I've hated Tom Brady as long as I've had an understanding of how sports works. So, I mean, even if the Dolphins went 1-15, in 15, you want that one to be against the Patriots just to see Tom Brady cry about it. But not only did I get to see him cry about losing to the Dolphins, but then getting beat by Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and the Titans the week after was even better. So we won't have to endure a Patriot Super Bowl this year. Thank God. I, I agree. And I, honestly, you said it, but I was going to ask you if the Patriot if the Dolphins only beat one team, and it was the Patriots. You'd be happy, right? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, did you see? I see when with the Patriots loss, this stopped a, a streak of like a decade where either the Patriots or Alabama won every year. Oh my yeah. god! The the year that the Patriots won, Alabama wouldn't win it, and vice versa. So, the streak finally ended this year. That's I hope crazy. it continues that way too. I'm tired of both of them. 
Exactly. I, honestly, was really surprised um, that the Packers, or not the Packers, the Cowboys hired former Packers coach uh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and they also said Marvin Lewis was in contention for that. I was like, why would you get someone really? that is basically finishing eight and eight and wouldn't win a playoff game? That's what you've had. No past, one like, wants to work years. for Jerry Jones, Jared. Come on, yeah, that's man. true. That's true. I mean it. And the thing is, too, Jerry Jones, I'm pretty sure, was very adamant about not firing Jason Garrett. Yeah, he didn't want to do it at all. It's, no. He just, you know, it, well, how many years was he there? Nine years? It's basically yeah. he had he had no choice. I mean, it's just a system of mediocrity. I mean, what have they done? The last Super Bowl the Cowboys had was on VHS, and I, that's my favorite joke that I love to give. I don't Cowboys. even think they had television the last time the Dolphins won one. <laughs> no, nah, that wasn't that long ago. It's Jerry Jared wasn't even alive the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl, so. Wow. 95, were you alive, Jared? Yeah, I was. That's more than 93. Oh, that's right. Oh, well. My brother was. alive for two Cowboys Super Bowls. <laughs> wow. My brother wasn't born then. He was born in 98. So, uh, let's see here. This is one of my favorite things. Let y'all listen real quick. I don't own the rest of this. It's a great day in Tiger football. It's a great day of my life. I promise you that. I want to thank Coach Miles for bringing me here. And uh, it's a place that always wanted to come. Gave him a standard ovation, and all we moved on. That was uh, the Cookie Monster Ed Orgeron comparison. Uh, I love That's that. Great. And LSU is going into the oh crap, what's the bowl called? The national championship. Yeah, BCS <laughs> college football playoff final. Yes, the finals. I thought it had a name though. I thought they gave it some Tostitos Bowl or something. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just they the college football the playoff. It, it it prints enough money as is. So. Yeah, yeah. So so LSU is going to the championship this year with uh, Coach uh, uh, Coach Oregon. Cookie Monster, Coach yeah. Oregano. Yes, Coach Oregano. Uh, so congrats to them. Uh, the LSU is always a fun place to go. Uh, Western went there in 2011, I think, or 2015. Yeah, 15 15 as well. That was an ugly game. I know Matt, he went to that one. I was there. It was like a monsoon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's just, that's, yeah. Those are the most sad and disappointing games to go to because it's like, can we just not speed this up any faster? <laughs> well, I mean, we were we were in that game until the third quarter, and then and then uh, what was it? The guy, I think it was Brandon Lesson or somebody, fumbled on a kick return, and that pretty much ended the game for us. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't remember as far as scoring and everything goes what what that was like. But anyway, um, I was just talking about the weather. Those just make it just miserable. But uh, Jared, do you have any winners and losers? Yes. Well, I mean, you kind of stole my loser. I mean, it was going to be the Patriots. So, I mean, of course. But my winner, <laughs> the best news I've heard this year is that Victor Oladipo for the Indiana Pacers is coming back January 29th. Finally, he's been injured for almost a full year. It will be on the 24th. But he's definitely going to be a good thing for them to have moving forward. They've struggled with injuries, even with their other players right now. So, I mean, I know it's not gonna, he's not going to come in on the first game and drop like 30 points or anything like that. But just to be able to work him back into the rotation is going to help them a lot, especially before the playoffs as well. I think they might get upset some people. So I'm glad Vic is finally back, finally. Nice. Yep. He got to do the Masked Singer and all that fun stuff, but now it's basketball time. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ross, do you have any winners and losers, buddy? Yeah, first I, I just laugh at, at every time I listen to you guys do this because it's pretty much a rundown of uh, the NFL and your teams, but it's kind of funny. 
So I'll do a winner for Alex in spirit. You know, he's a big Titans fan, and I'm a nominal Titans fan just because I lived in Nashville for a couple years. But Titans, man, take it, knocking off the Patriots. I mean, uh, Derrick Henry was a beast, and, uh, you know, that defense is looking great. So, I mean, wouldn't put it – I mean, Lamar is going to be a really tough hill for them to climb, but you never know, you know, with some turnovers and some luck and, you know, they could they could take that and make a run. Um, some other off the wall uh, stuff. I know the Predators fired their coach, yeah. Peter Laviolette, and they replaced him quickly. Um, I guess they're still in the playoff hunt. I think they're Ooh, they're seven 19, games out of it right now. Yeah, nineteen six and seven though, so they've still got a winning record and uh, forty five points. So maybe this maybe this sparks them. I think what was it last season? The Blues were out of the playoffs and they changed their coach and. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? I saw the Preds play. Uh, I think it was maybe towards the end of November, or somewhere around there, and I could definitely see some of the issues they had. They've had a lot of issues with their offense, and especially on power play. Like they have that man advantage, and they're not able to do anything with it. And I mean, they've had some epic meltdowns. Like they were had a two zero lead in the Winter Classic against Dallas and ended up choking and didn't score anything else and lost four to two. So, I mean, I think it was the right decision, but it'll be interesting I mean, that's, to see how To me, that's what they get for trading Subban. But, yeah, uh, yeah they definitely should have kept him. Anyway, um, and then and my, my last winner, I don't really have – you guys went through the losers. My last winner is the Reds getting uh, their first Japanese player, Shogo Akiyama. I think their projections are finishing with a 90 – or 86 to 90 wins, so – as a wow. long-suffering Reds fan, let's let's see if they can make one more move and really get me something excited about this summer. So, yeah, that's um, yeah, definitely uh, for Reds fans and around Kentucky and uh, other areas, they'll be glad to hear that we've got a Japanese uh, baseball player with uh, big marbles. Um, <laughs> so, so since Ross brought it up, I'm going to do some news that's not related to sports because I really enjoy this and I want to read this uh, in Mississippi. Two men were attempted to scam the state lottery commission by submitting a losing lo- ticket that had the winning numbers glued onto it. <laughs> uh, a gentleman who is 47 years old and another gentleman 48 were arrested Monday and charged with offenses including uttering counterfeit instruments over a thousand dollars. By the way, this is the funniest story I could find just now. I was like, really? That is hilarious. Did it show a picture? No, it does not. But I'm I'm picturing like the uh, most uh, redneckest Mississippi person I can think of right now. I'm thinking uh, of like those serial killer notes where they take different like <laughs> letters and like glue it together to form a sentence. I picture it like that, just not even the yes. same font for the numbers. Yes. Oh wow. That, uh, de- that definitely is up there with some Florida man stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it close. Is. It's close. Um. So. Uh, jump into other sports real quick. We've had a lot of news since we've been on our uh, kind of winter break here for uh, the podcast. Women's basketball played on January 2nd versus North Texas, and they lost, sadly, uh, 61-54. to uh, They played on the 4th uh, versus Rice and lost 73-65. Um, they will play MTSU um, on the 11th, which is Saturday. Uh, in Bowling Green at 2 p.m. So if you can't make it to the game, which I would encourage everybody uh, to go, especially since it's middle at Bowling Green, you got to beat middle every time. Uh, it's on ESPN three and 102.7 radio. Uh, so definitely support the Lady Tops. They need it. 
and they definitely appreciate it. I know they do. Um, I think um, the the issue with them in those really the last two games, you know, if you read Matt's piece today about his little uh, women's uh, hoops notebook, he uh, said, you know, we've kind of dug ourselves a bunch of holes early in the offense, which was a strength last year, has kind of turned into a weakness this year for some reason, despite having all the same players. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's no shame in losing to Rice. They've got a really good team, but that North Texas loss really digs a hole for us. So we need to uh, hold serve here at home this week and hopefully win them both to get back in the Conference USA race because it's, you know, it's kind of uh, losing to Purdue the last regular season game. It's probably all going to come down to uh, a uh, tournament or bust. So you want to get a top four seed. Well, when you start off 0-2, that doesn't do you any uh, – any favors so time to get exactly. back on track yeah um, do they still does rice still have that girl that's like six seven or six eight or something like mulky that? yeah they still have her and they still have that really good guard but they actually really okay. struggled in non-conference so yeah, yeah it's you know it's really uh greg collins has got to get that early season mojo back because it, it was looking really promising until uh until last thursday i guess when they played and now they just got to get it back so yeah, uh, definitely. I'm hoping the women get back on track, uh, especially against middle. Um, I mean, you got to. I mean, women's basketball is always going to be a great sport. It's just not pulling the people, but need to pack the house for them because they'll appreciate it. Um, also, minor sport. Um, my wife's not here, so I can say that. Uh, tracks indoor invitational at Le- in Lexington is this weekend. Uh, so we'll try and give you all some updates as far as uh, how that works out next week uh, because she, my wife likes to know that stuff, I guess, whatever. Um, anyway, so let me see if I can find this real quick because I think this is great. Um, I'm going to play this clip real quick that I don't own the rights to. It's the IMG Sports Network. <laughs> Yeah, that was not Randy Lee, which I loved. I could not find that. Um, that was uh, the delightful laugh doing the ESPN callback from Corey Munson's kick from 52 yards uh, to seal the victory for Western. So now uh, Waste Management University has to change their name. Uh, we are we are best Western. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we're the best Western. Um, Western beat. West, uh, Western Michigan University, 23-20 in the final, well, the final play of the game, which, by the way, for those people who are still on the Sanford uh, train, uh, that call was a great call for what he did, for throwing the um, <laughs> uh, – for um, – for Coach Elton to call the Hail Mary pass to confuse Western Michigan completely. Um, and let me see. Didn't they have 12 men on the field in back-to-back plays? Yes, they did. If Jake was on here, he'd agree with me. They peed down their leg in that last bit of the game. Yeah, yes, I, mean, I know a lot of Western Michigan people after the game, like they really want to get rid of their coach too just because of not just that, but also it was an underwhelming season to them. And ever since P.J. Fleck left, I mean, obviously that's big shoes to fill. It's sort of like the guy being after the guy, you know, so like how Sanford was after Braum. It's kind of the same situation, but that's still kind of sad that you have two opportunities to have 11 men out there and you still did it. It's pulling <laughs> it in TSU big time. 
which I mean, as many I don't know how many coaches that on their sideline, but usually when when I was at Western, the strength coaches were in charge of making sure we had enough guy the having eleven guys on the field. So, for instance, uh, it's third down and long. You know, the strength coaches are calling up punt. You know, you don't want to hear that, but they're calling them up and they're making sure we got the guys in the box and they're ready to go out. And I mean, there's something's going on there. I'm not blaming the head coach there, but something's going on. And um, I actually do have Randy Lee's here. So this is from the IMG Sports Network. We don't own the rights to this, but I just love it. Down for the bowl title. Here it comes. Right foot through. Get there. Get there. Get there. It's a kick for the ages. Corey Munson has won the ball game with a line drive kick from 52 yards away. I love that. That is great. I can it's amazing. I think Western needs to do more of capturing Randy Lee's like big moments like that. That was like, you know, between that and the Ty Rogers shot are like the only two I can really think of. Like, they could. They need to get like the best of Randy Lee here soon, and just like because there's just so much. He's got so much material over the years. The you know what his like call his call like when at the end of basketball games you can uh, open. I guess we lost Ross. Ross, did you? Hear <laughs> I think he dropped whatever he was doing. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, even at Western, they could. Um, I don't know if they still have this at Diddle, but they used to have uh, kind of like the trophy cases and stuff. I mean, they could have like memories and like the Ty Rogers shot. You walk up, you push a button, and it plays the call from Randy Lee or shows the video or whatever. I mean, that could yeah. that could be really interesting. Um, so just, yeah, sorry, I got disconnected. They just need to do a better job of promoting their history. You've got fans that, frankly, you know, part of their you got people that coming to the fan base, students and stuff that don't realize how much history Western has and yeah, doing stuff like that would be kind of cool to get them up to speed. Yeah, and even what I did the other day, like yesterday, I went to the Simpson County Archives that we have downtown in Franklin, and I was they had a bunch of WKU talismans and everything, and I found one from 71, and I was just looking through it at all the stuff from the Final Four team and Jim McDaniels, Coach Oldham, and all of that. I mean, stuff like that is so cool, and it's kind of sad that not many people like my age and younger that are either current students or recent alumni and everything that might not really know the full history of everything like that. I mean, you know, pretty much everybody at a surface level that knows much about Western sports, like, oh, yeah, went to the Final Four in 71. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But, I mean, actually looking into it and seeing the stuff from that time period was really cool. I mean, technically, what we got, what, third? Yeah, that... third place, beat Kansas. Yeah, well, they should have. They kind of got gypped in the semifinal game, if I remember mm-hmm. correct. Yes, we, we made Joe, uh, Jay Wright, Villanova's current head coach, cry because of the game we lost to Villanova. <laughs> he says that in his book. It was really funny that, that uh, he was already a Villanova fan, like as a kid and everything. He's like maybe nine or ten, and watching Western Kentucky play Villanova in the Final Four, and was talking about how when it went into overtime, like he was an emotional wreck and all of that stuff. Which I don't think a lot of people realize that. When um, back in the day, the final four was a it was a uh, what's it called a round robin. So everybody played everybody, and yeah. then no, it was you just played a consolation game. Oh, you yeah. played the consolation. Okay, yeah. Like but, the winner would play the winner and the loser and the other loser, and whoever yes. won the loser match would get third place. And that's what Western did in '71 against Kansas. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean that's something, uh, Jared. I guess you could bring up when your next meeting with uh, Todd. 
um, you know, maybe kind of having a history of, you know, the different athletics and being able to have these, uh, uh, the current students and, you know, new alumni learn this stuff because you got to pass the history on and, you know, people are not realizing, you know, kind of what's going on, I guess. Yeah. And there is a lot of that in Diddle Arena. Like if you go through like a, the upper qu- core section, it shows like a lot of the different decades and everything and some different pictures and every, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, when you're there for a game day, I mean, you'd have to allow a lot of extra time in order oh, yeah. to walk around and just, see all of that. Just put more of it on YouTube, put it on other places. Yeah. that Because when I was trying to do, I was trying to do like the top five three-pointers of Western's history because of the 1,000-game uh, streak or whatever with the three-pointer. And I couldn't even find one, just an isolated three-pointer, the one that they made in 93 against Louisville. Like, I couldn't even find that. I have never seen any highlights from the Louisville versus Western game in 2007, 2008, when we beat them in Freedom Hall. I can't it even find exist, any of that, that stuff. Was, yeah, that was an actually in Nashville. But yeah, I was, there's none of that. There's, yeah, exactly. You should highlight this stuff because that matters. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure some listener or fan actually has the uh, the audio or the visual or whatever the VHS tape of that game, and that would be awesome to be able to digitalize that and share it on you know the different social and media. Including here's another one: the 2002 national championship in football. Yeah, one double A, but that'd be a great to rewatch and kind of relive yeah. that kind of stuff. That'd have been awesome. I have seen clips of that game, and for whatever reason. I don't know what I was doing, but I just turned it on ESPN and they were on, and I watched that game. I watched. Yeah, I remember watching that game. I watched the last ten minutes, but I really wasn't like a huge Western fan at that point. But that I I remember being excited about watching that, you know, watching that game and the ending and everything else. But uh, yeah, so since we got a little sidetracked here, uh, Western was four hundred and eighty-one yards. Western Michigan had three hundred and seven, three hundred and fifty-eight passing yards for Western. Uh, 123 rushing, uh, four penalties for 56 yards, and two interceptions. Um, of course, Western Michigan uh, had 193 passing and 114 rushing and 64 penalty yards and one turnover. Uh, but my thing is, I know a lot of us were talking during the uh, kind of in the group chat, uh, talking about how we wish that. Uh, Ty would have ran a little more. I think he ended up running what thirty yards or something. Yeah, he got thirty total yards. But he, Gage had a pretty decent game on the ground, didn't he? Gage had ninety three yards. Uh, Lucky had one hundred and forty eight yards that game. Uh, Seventeen so, catches, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a new record. Yeah, I mean he Lucky did awesome for his. Uh, I guess that would be his final game, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was. And, I hope he uh, gets. I hope he gets a shot at the NFL. He really came on late, and it's just. We you know hate to keep harping on you know how poor the the previous two the previous staff was the previous two years but just seeing players like him bloom you know Jacor Pearson like people that couldn't get any consistency and then that now you're just seeing them blossom it was, it was kind of really cool to see the last year I I agree um actually Josh Josh Simon got a uh, got six receptions 105 yards there too so. I mean, he, that's gonna be that's gonna be a preview of uh, how I think the offense is gonna be next year. I think he's gonna get he's gonna put up some crazy numbers unless unless defense is key on him. Uh, he's gonna be a Mike Dean, you know, kind of esque player. Um, I think he could be really good. I'd like to see him get a little more size on him though, uh, since he's playing tight end. But I mean, as far as strength goes, um, not necessarily you know weight. Uh, but yeah, I mean everybody. Uh, 
I don't have anything really to complain about in that game. I mean, it was a I, close. I do. I mean, I think they should have probably beat them by. I mean, it doesn't matter. We won the game, but I think there's a couple things, a couple gripes you can make. I think a the turnovers kept them in the game, and the you know they the reoccurring problems of not finishing drives and stuff like that. Which okay, whatever. You know, it was a bowl game. It was close, but and then you know I could have sworn I remember in the in the text I was like. Helton almost got marshaled again, where, you know, he called, he called the timeout early and it gave Western Michigan enough time to go down the field. And for some reason, they didn't kick the 47-yard the field goal. I thought that it was going to be the Marshall game all over again. But yeah, you, know, you, you survive in advance and uh, you end the season on a great note. So, I, I actually, I mean, a lot of people complain that we didn't get a better uh, opponent or whatever. This was, I thought this was a really good game. Um, yeah, it turned out I to agree. be pretty good. I agree that you know they should have blown them out of the water or whatever, but our defense, and I, that's one of my – we'll talk about it later, our resolutions. I would love to see Western's defense just keep it up as far as uh, their strength and uh, being able to shut opponents out. And, I mean, they kept Western Michigan to 300 yards. You know, they didn't even clear 200 passing or barely got 100 rushing. They and, only, yeah, they only got 13 points because of the pick six. So. Yeah. So, uh, the, yeah. Which, by the way, when I, of course, I wasn't bit, I wasn't able to watch it because I was actually at work listening. Uh, but when you all were talking about the pick six, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> it was it was a combo of of Ty probably shouldn't have made the throw, and then Josh Simon kind of just flukily like tipped it instead of uh, instead of knocking it down or something. So. Yeah, which he's a young kid. He hasn't. I mean. It's one of those things you're going to learn experience. Yeah, he's a freshman. And, I mean, I'm not going to be one of those that's going to jump on him for something like that because he's going to learn. He's a freshman. It's like Corey Munson. You know, a lot of people were jumping on him earlier in the year. And this kid, uh, I know a lot of people are greatest. You know, earlier, earlier in that game, people were jumping on him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll call before take, the half. Yeah. I'll cold take, my, uh, cold take myself. And when – when I saw Hilton initially line Munson up for the end of the game, I was like, oh, man, I don't know why you're trying to field goal. It might be like a kick six. Be like, I didn't think he'd have enough leg to get it all the way down there that if Western Michigan had a guy to return it, it'd be a kick six because something ridiculous always happens when we play a max school for Michigan. I don't know yeah. what it is. But, I mean, of course, the infamous Bahamas Bowl against Central Michigan was still one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I basically consider that a loss because it was. That's how it felt at the end of that game. I didn't have any joy. But thankfully for this one, I mean, seeing him absolutely drill a 52-yard field goal. And I found a great video from the WKU equipment tech people that were behind the goalpost. It's like the best angle of it that I shared. And that still would have been good from almost 60, which is insane. Yeah, they said he had a 58-yarder in high school. So, I mean, I just that kid's got so much potential. I think, you know... If he can figure out the accuracy and get to 80%, he's just going to be a huge weapon for WKU the next three years. So. Yeah, and I mean, getting a big one like that's going to help his confidence moving forward, too. Completely agree The uh, with all the points going forward here. But, I mean, field goal kicker, like I've said before, is one of the hardest jobs on the field. You know, quarterbacks, you know, they're, they get time to warm up or whatever, but you have got to come into the game and kick a 52-yarder. I mean, I couldn't do it. I, could, I mean, the pressure would be amazing. You know, going into the game, you've got to hit this 52-yard field goal to win the game right here. And, I mean, 
uh, it's unbelievable for me just thinking about that. But um, uh, Western's 2020 schedule was released. Ross, uh, you got an article on the Tower Rack about it. I'll let you talk a little bit about it and just kind of preview what we're looking at next year for uh, WKU football. So we knew the whole schedule, like who the opponents were going before today, because, you know, the non-conference was, uh, you know, had been pretty much set in stone for the last two or three years. So the first month we already knew Chattanooga at home as our warm up. Hopefully we don't, you know, pee down our leg. I mean, they went for six the third year in a row. Yes. <laughs> they actually have three Western transfers on their team. So it's kind of funny, but uh, I mean, yeah, they'll probably show up for that. Yeah, uh, Gino Appleberry probably being the biggest name, one that we would know, the running back. But, um, you know, they should be an opponent you should handle. Who knows? Then really big opportunities the next three games to start off the month. So at Indiana, Liberty, coached by Hugh Freeze, and at Louisville. So, you know, this is probably putting the cart before the horse. You know, we can get into my you know my top offseason questions as well, but – this is the kind of schedule where the Power Five teams are beatable. You know, there's we'll get in the conference schedule too. The conference schedule's stout enough where if Western found a way to somehow run the table, you could you could put yourself in the like App State did this year in the P six you know, in the New Year's Bowl buzz and with seventeen starters, who knows? So and then uh, the conference schedule wise, you know, it was the same teams we play this year flipped. But the, the really crazy thing I thought is, what the heck are you doing, Conference USA, doing both of our rivals back-to-back? I mean, that stretch from basically from Indiana to UAB is just brutal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, you know, regional rivals, like, you know, hated rivals, all back-to-back-to-back. I think, you know, Western could be really good and figuring stuff out, and they could still go – you know, five and two or five or four and three to start off the season. It's crazy. All right. We're going to run the table next year because Ross said we're going to go five and seven or whatever. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. I said nine and three on my piece. But, you know, I, I think overall it's it's a very fun schedule. I think I said that, you know, in the piece as well that eight of, you know, hold on. All four of our six road games are drivable, like four, within four hours of Bowling Green. So, like, if you wanted to follow the Hilltoppers like the Grateful Dead this year, you could easily do that. I mean, at Indiana, at Louisville, at Middle, and at UAB, you could. The only the only road trip games that are really hard are you know Boca Raton at FAU and at Charlotte. But you know, if you plan to ahead, it's like this could be a fun year for WKU fans. So uh, just buckle up. Yeah, um, Liberty. Uh, they are independent. Are they? Are they still in transition? Is that right? No, they went to a ball game and they beat Georgia Southern. Um, yeah, coached coached by Hugh Freeze, and uh, they did lose their starting quarterback and starting running back. So I would imagine they had a grad transfer or something like that, and they'll be formidable. But um, you know, that that's that's a great you know number three opponent on your non-con. So. Yeah, they, they beat Georgia Southern 23-16 in the uh, Mortgage Cure Bowl. Uh, by the way, Hugh Freeze, is that not like a name that if you got a, you know, if you got a, a message from Hugh Freeze, you'd be like, that's fake. That's not even a real name, is it? You know, come Honestly, on. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's what the, the hookers said. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Westerns, like you said, they got Chattanooga, which, by the way, 
am I just is it just me? Am I gun shy with these you know FCS teams? Is it or is everybody else kind of like man? This is going to be a tough game first of the year. We have lost two years in a row to FCS teams. First, I'll, game. Give, I'll give credit to the teams that did beat us. They were both FCS playoff teams. There's no excuse in losing to them. But I mean, this year's loss was a fluke to a you know first game of the season of a new coach. You know, and basically they just stopped playing in the fourth quarter. The other one was Mike Sanford. So. Chattanooga, yeah. six and six team. You know we've got seventeen starters coming back. We if we want to make a statement, we go out there and we we beat them forty to forty to ten like we should. So completely agree. How did the Flying Sanfords do? Ooh, they got beat. Ooh, they got beat bad. Uh, they got beat by Kent State fifty one forty one. He failed up and got the co offensive coordinator job at Minnesota. Yeah, which I, I've heard a lot of flack about that, but I think uh, I think that's a good position for him. So did you say you've heard a lot of flack about that? That's I heard of flack, 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 flack. I like the pun better. You like a little flick from that? Okay. Um, <laughs> just looking at the schedule, uh, November seventh is going to be an exciting one against FAU. That'll be what the first time that Taggart has been in Bowling Green since he. It's at FAU. Oh, that is it. If you, if you could call, we got another wait. Uh, I've got another year. I was gonna say we're gonna have a, you know, it's gonna be that awkward conversation. I thought you went to get smokes, Dad. Where'd you go? Um, <laughs> but uh, then we got Southern Miss on the fourteenth and twenty-first is FIU and Charlotte uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So that could be, could be really exciting. Um, they said that ten or no nine of the uh, twelve games that we play are bowl teams. So this is a great schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's yeah, you know definitely. for for arguably Western's most buzz since uh, the Dowdy senior year that they won the first conference championship. This is this is a fun schedule for for a p- potential uh, you know special season. So. Yes. Um, yeah, and once it gets closer to season starting, I'll have my every uh, predictable season or whatever the where I look at every possible record for Western to have in football. That was one of my favorite things I did last year. And I definitely had us finishing at like eight and four as a stretch. I didn't think that was very possible. I'd have to say that someone would play at like Brandon Dowdy level, which I mean, Ty's story was not really Brandon Dowdy level as far as talent, but game management was really good. But we'll see. He, got, he was like a fine wine. He got better as as uh, time went on. So yeah, he he definitely hulked out at the Arkansas State game and the or Arkansas. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I also Arkansas didn't game. think that our defense would be so good either. And D'Angelo Malone is staying another season as well. He's going to play his yes. year. So just think of what him and hopefully Elijah Brown will be able to do in the can defense. I, can I get in my uh, big offseason questions real quick, Devin? Sure. Yeah, go for it, buddy. Okay. So you know, like I said, I'm building this up. You know, we. Helton, to his credit, got everything back on track, whether it be a combination of Braun players, uh, you know, transfers, and then, uh, I mean, Sanford, he did bring us some good recruits as well, So and a defensive staff that has stayed the course. So I've got about seven or eight questions that we ha- kind of have. You guys can give quick thoughts on each. You know, number one, I said, you know, the number one thing is keeping defensive coordinator Clayton White. I think, you know, we talked about NC State potentially scooping him up, but they already hired somebody, so... I think, you know, we monitor the situation with him. If we make it to February and he's still our defensive coordinator, we've got, you know, a lot of staff continuity coming back, which, uh, I mean, Devin, you can talk about that, 
how important it is from one year to the next to having the same coaches and same goals instead of having to figure out new people. Oh, it definitely. I mean, definitely. Um, it helps to uh, gain some uh, trust with the players, having somebody around that they can trust and go to with questions and stuff like that, and even having the same scheme uh, from year to year. I mean, it helps. I mean, having Clayton White there, you know, having these starters, uh, D'Angelo Malone, like you said, he's he's coming back. Um, I'm just, you know, just Juwan Jones, yeah, uh, Kyle Bailey, Devin uh, Key. Roger Cray, all those guys are coming back. I was just about to ask if Cray was coming back. Um, he was always one of my favorite, uh, just kind of, uh, just kind of like little pop up DBs because he just kind of he whenever he would pop up, it was some major play that he just did. He would just pop up, and it's like, hey, I just caught that, and you're like, who caught that? Oh man, that was Cray. He did it again. Oh my gosh, you know, I just he yeah, was he was hurt half the year, so when he came back, he really made an impact. Yes, he did, and. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, I mean, just can't say enough. I mean, just awesome kid, awesome And player. I think, you know, another person that we kind of totally forgot about who got hurt before the season even began is the Kentucky transfer Eli Brown. You know, yes. linebacker was probably one of our softest spots on the defense. You had a former SEC linebacker with who's proven that he can play, unlike Jaden Hunter. Like, the, this, we're going to have depth, we're going to have talent, and, I mean, kind of we get into this later, I mean, Helton can really sell to grad transfers, to JUCO guys. Like, you come in, you can be a part of something special. That's what Brom did with, you know, the Jared Dangerfields, the, you know, the Holtz of the world, and, you know, the the Louisville transfers at the end of his tenure. Like, I think he can do the same. Helton, if if their staff is good, like, they can add a couple grad transfers to fill in some holes. So Oh, most definitely. Um, yeah, I think this could be a really uh, – this could be a really fun season coming up. And then, uh, another quick other questions, you know, will the staff take a grad transfer at QB? I think they will. Um, you know, you've got to push Stephen Duncan. He still hasn't proven himself. Davis Shanley played only mop-up duty, and Kavaris Thomas hasn't proven he can play quarterback yet. So you you can't just ride with that when, when you have such a special season coming up. Um, and then I hate – I'm not, I'm not doubting – Stephen Duncan, but I just don't think Stephen Duncan could have taken us to the heights that Story did this year. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I see. I I I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think he would have been as good of a game manager, but I think he might have done different things. But really, there's no way of knowing because the offense, he never got a chance to get the offense clicking. So, like, basically the first three weeks, you know, he everybody was still figuring each other out. So, I don't know. I think – I agree. Yeah, I think he deserves a shot at the job. I don't. I'm not like you guys. I I'm not out on him saying, "Oh, he's he doesn't have a shot." I think I think Duncan can do it. It's just he's basically if he gets if he gets another chance, it's his last chance, and he should have a short leash. So. Um. Oh, I don't. I'm not saying he shouldn't have a chance at it. I yeah. mean, coming into spring ball and you know summer camp, I think they all should you know be thrown in the mix and see who's going to come out on top uh, as far as that's concerned. But. Um, you know, as far as grad transfers, I think it just depends on uh, the caliber of the player. You know, let the coaches have their discretion as far as uh, you know who we're looking at or whatever. As far as that goes, uh, I, mean, but I, think, I think they need they need another receiver or two after losing yeah. Lucky and uh, and uh, not Pearson. Uh, Quinn Jernigan, yeah, they need they need to try to find another receiver. Um, you know, obviously linebacker, defensive line, DB. You know, they they'll try to plug in some holes there too. So. Keep an Honestly, eye on that. 
Like ahead, I would be. A, oh, sorry. Like I'm. A, I would be a fan of getting a grad transfer again for this season and redshirting that Grady Robeson from Washington, and then maybe letting him play after he gets to redshirt a year. I mean, yeah. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's starting to get picked up by Washington a little bit. He yeah. had some high level interest, and he had some pretty good stats his last year. So I mean, you could he could end up maybe having a little bit of a ripple in the quarterback competition, even. So we'll have to see what he's got. I agree. I think uh, you know, uh, kind of giving that red shirt year to give him uh, that time to uh, you know develop a little bit more because I mean, you know, at that position you gotta you know it, it's a little more mental than it is actual physical. So, uh, but you got some more questions for us, Ross. The last one, you know, we kind of went through him. Malone coming back was huge. I think that gives the defense a chance to be great. Um, You know, not losing any grad transfers. That's, you know, you've seen – I've kind of been monitoring some of the players, you know, on social media. And the only players we've lost to the transfer portal thus far have all been – have all been kind of backups that never saw the field. So that's, you know, that's a good sign. You know, I think if you look back at the last championship teams, you know, Taewon Taylor, Forrest Lamp – Dowdy, you know, they could have probably all left early and gone to bigger, bigger schools with more uh, prestige, but they decided to stick it out here and win a championship. And you know, if if they can keep their stars playing, there's tons of there's tons of people like Devin Key, like uh, Gage Walker, who have been here for four years and might have already graduated. If you can keep them in the fold, that's huge. Um, and then the last thing I really had, and this is to me, this is kind of just has nothing to do with the football side of thing. It's really the WKU side of thing. Can can Bowling Green and can the administration sell fans on how special this season is going to be and, and will they respond if, if they do, you know, hit those levels? Because, like I said, I've, I'll beat this drum all off season. This is lining up to be the uh, best season since the Braum era. Let's see if, you know, we've we've got the winning culture at WKU. Now the fans need to actually, you know, follow. You know, eight out of nine seasons bowl eligible. You know, football isn't just a little distraction now until basketball. It's really built up a big culture here. And, you know, when you look at our traffic on our website and stuff like that, it's like people care just as much about the football team. And uh, now it's it'd be nice to see the fans in the stands do the same. So. Completely agree. Yeah, um, love to see him pack the house uh, to sh- support football this year. Because I mean, like you said, it, it's got the possibilities to be a very, uh, very special year, and we'll just have to see how everything goes. Um, I would like to say we're going to try and get uh, DeAndre Furby back on for a little spring ball come uh, right around spring football, and uh, right before uh, football season starts, or maybe that first week of football, we'll try and get him back in and uh, see what he thinks as far as the team's going and everything. Um, And if you haven't listened to the podcast where we talked to DeAndre Furby, go back and listen to that after this one. Uh, It was a really good episode. Uh, The the sound quality on uh, his end wasn't quite up to snuff like I'd like, but uh, go ahead and listen to it. It's a good episode, a great interview with him, and I appreciate him coming on the show. It was was really fun, a lot of fun to do. Make sure you check that out. Um, but uh, I guess we should be talking basketball right now, right? Yep. Uh, men's basketball, men's basketball played Rhode Island, uh, lost, uh, 82, 86 or 86, 82, whichever you want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> Belmont, they lost to them, which I mean, 
Belmont ha- just has our number. Is that just Wait, we played Belmont because I tried to forget that game it happened. <laughs> and Belmont beat us 79-62 on the 28th. Um and No, I rewrote that one. That one's not right. Sorry. Let me double check these. When what did we Yeah, I I am crazy. Oh, okay. Uh men's basketball played North Texas and won 93-84. Um, and then men's basketball played Rice on the 4th, so last Saturday, uh, and they won 68-61. Yeah, I am, like, smoking the purple crack, as my uh, middle school uh, math teacher said, because I wrote down the uh, women's basketball score there instead of the men's for whatever reason. Um, and so men's play at Birmingham uh, tomorrow. at 7 p.m. tomorrow, yes. Um and uh, they play UAB uh, 7 p.m. And that is on Stadium. I'm assuming Facebook Live or whatever, too. Um, so, on the break, what did you all think of the uh, the men's basketball team? Uh, of course, base, uh, Bassey being out kind of hurt us. And um, uh, how do you think everything as far as uh, the uh, – I guess what I'm trying to get at is how do you think everybody's kind of adjusted to that? Uh, Jared, how do you think – uh, how do you think everybody's doing? Oh, Lord. It's been kind of a crazy ride the past few weeks. I've been at all the home games that have happened recently. I've, I didn't get to see the Rhode Island game, but it's just been so capricious, this team. <laughs> like, they have so many moments where they look like they have their act together and are doing so great, and then they have moments like against Belmont and the first half against North Texas where you're just like, what the heck are y'all doing? It's just so many different factors come into this. The biggest one is the point guard position. Like, I, I love Tavion Hollingsworth. I think he's a great player, but he just doesn't seem either happy or comfortable at it being at the point guard position because every time he has the ball in his hands, like, he's just at a slower pace. The ball's not moving as fast. People aren't moving as fast. But when Jordan Rawls is in there, that's his natural position. Like, I think this team has looked so much better with him, especially in that second half against North Texas. Like, this game has been... Down 15. Yeah, down 15, and then going like a 35-6 to run out of halftime. And Hollingsworth, like, had a... Was shaken up right out of the gate. It was like only a couple minutes into the second half. And he had to go to the locker room, so Jordan Ross comes in, and he's absolutely torching it. I think he got like 18 points that game. And I will respect Stansberry for this, is that in the North Texas game... Like, he didn't make a single substitution in that second half. He rolled with the guys that were hot and were doing what they were supposed to be doing on the court. And guess what? It worked. I think there's a little bit of a correlation there. I mean, that's hopefully something we'll get to talk about here in a second, like the New Year's resolutions. I definitely have one for Stansberry. But it's just so frustrating watching this team because... Like, their style of play is not just walking the ball up and down the court and trying to make something happen and throw up some random shot. Like, they need to be running it a lot more than they are. Like, they look so much better when they're going fast. And just another thing is it's so hard for them to break a zone defense. Like, in all of Stansberry's tenure since he's been here, like, they haven't been able to break a zone defense very well at all. But thankfully, he's made some defensive adjustments. He started to bring out that 1-2-2 defense that looked pretty good, bringing a little bit of a press at the front. But it's just so many different things to unpack. But at the end of the day, we're still 2-0 and in conference right now. Have definitely two important road games coming up. And... It, I, I don't know what two must win road games in my opinion. Yeah, 
these those are both big ones because UAB they're sort of like a B level rivalry. Like they're never really appreciated as like a full rival, but yet when we play them, it usually gets kind of chippy. And I mean, their fan base actually cares about their team. So I mean, there's a little bit of that smack talk on Twitter and stuff, and it's just like it has a lot of roots too. It's back in the Bartow days, especially like the Mars Bar incident and all of that. But that's an underrated rivalry game in my opinion. But of course, 100 miles of hate on Saturday too. That's a big one. So they definitely need to win both of those because UAB's had struggles. Of course, Scooty Bryant, their best player, he had to leave the team. And, uh, of course, middle, they lost Coach Kermit and just about everything else that they had. So, I mean. I haven't won since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, completely agree. Um, my, uh, actually, I posted this on Facebook, and we're going to get to it here in a couple minutes. But uh, the resolutions for football and basketball. Um my, the funniest thing is, is I posted it and not really thinking about like what people were going to say. And uh, I'll get to it in a minute. But basketball is definitely, I think, the longest. Um, the longest. That just kind of goes to show you um, kind of how uh, basketball is doing currently. All right. And uh, I, think ne- are- I think negativity breeds more comments than positivity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, think so too. I, I completely agree. I think so, too. Um but yeah, Western's two and zero currently in Conference USA. Uh, they got UAB, as you said, uh, on actually tomorrow at eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, I've got some thoughts whenever you're ready for me, but Devin, no, you're fine. Um, I'm trying to see where that game is. It going to be televised? I'm assuming it's going to be stadium tomorrow. CBS Sports on Saturday. Got it. Good. Uh, so Ross, go ahead. What's your thoughts, bud? Okay, um, you know, I, I wrote a pretty big piece after the Belmont loss. I mean, there was no no shame in the Rhode Island loss. I mean, you know, it was kind of a dogfight back and forth. And, you know, this team is obviously flawed without, you know, Bassey. I think, you know, Stansberry, I think his biggest problem is he does not trust his bench whatsoever, which is makes your hair, you know, pull out. I know Jared's going to get this into this later, but, like, Carson Williams, when he's on, he's fine, but, like, and finding that new defense where you don't really expose them that much is great. But, like, we are just criminally undersized without without Bassey. And the fact that we don't have really any backup centers that he'll play just kills us against teams. Like, against UAB tomorrow, you got Mac Targay and uh, who's the other guy? Tamel Pearson, who are both over 6'10", you know, both starting against us. You know, they could eat us alive tomorrow, and I don't think UAB's that good. They're 0-2 in conference. So like, um, you know, that is roster management, and that kind of leads to the whole thing. Like, the, the North Texas game, the comeback was fun, but the Rice game was, you know, Rice isn't a good team. We should – really the theme of the last two seasons is we are not beating teams like we should. We should be beating these – crappy Conference USA teams that are in the 250s plus in the uh, net in the Kimpom range, we should be beating them by 15, 20 points. Instead, we're hanging on for six-point victories. So I wrote a, a piece after the uh, Belmont debacle, which was a debacle. They didn't play hard. They didn't look like they're ready. You know Belmont's got your number. You thought they would come out you know, motivated and ready to play. Instead, they just laid a big, fat egg. Uh, I, don't, I mean – I don't think the program's trending in the right direction under Stansberry, and I think that fans are getting restless. I mean, I think we'll be lucky that Conference USA is so bad, so they could they could be mediocre like they are. I, you know, these last two games didn't really sway my opinion on what I wrote. We could be mediocre like we are and still finish, you know, 
fourteen and four in in yeah. conference. But um, you know, recruiting's not good. Roster management's not good. In game coaching is without without the without the uh, defensive presence of Bassey. You it just it really magnifies Stansberry's in game coaching, which we we know he's not gonna he's not gonna wow anybody with his X's and O's. But you got to make up for that with a system. You you've got Josh Anderson. You got I mean, the fact that it had to take Debassy to get hurt for him to play 30 minutes a game is ridiculous. You got Rawls, yeah. who had the best game of the, you know, during that comeback, and he only saw 20 minutes. You saw, you know, you have Cam Justice and, and Savage that will, you know, I think they both can be great players, but they also are very inconsistent. Play the hot hand. Like, you've got, you know, people like Gambrell and Horton and Cozart rotting on the bench, and... You know that could come back and bite you in the butt too. That's what happened with Tolu Smith and Delano Banton. He didn't play them enough, and you know what? Now we don't have a backup big man. You know, if if we had two two uh, Tolu Smith on this team right now, I don't think we would have missed a beat with Bassey's injury. And uh, you know, it's just there's there's a lot of stuff going on with the program that it's really Stansberry's fault at the end of the day. Like he inherited a crappy situation. He's got to find a way to fix it, and he's got to change. He's got to change what he's doing. You can't just say, "Well, you know, my system is we slow it down. We we try to draw fouls and blah 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 blah." You've got you've got a plethora of guards. You got athletic four star players in Conference USA. Get up the floor, run with them, and and play to your strengths. Don't just play to your system. That's that's my soapbox, and uh, you know I think you got to take advantage. You know. UAB and middle are both really bad this year. Yep. Don't give me that you're going on the road excuse. Go ahead, take care of business, win both games by du- double digits, and then you can get fans back on board. Because, I mean, Jerry, you were at both the games. How were the crowds on uh, Thursday and Saturday? Uh, North Texas was pretty bad, but Saturday was good. It was Star Wars Day. Everybody had the lightsabers. I think there was about 6,000 people-ish there. Maybe nah, I think it was 4,700. So Really? It seemed like more than that to me. But without students, I mean, it's just the natives There was actually are... more people in the student section than there normally was. But, yeah, I think people are just fed up because, I mean, what you were talking about definitely hits a nail on the head. But I'm just tired of us playing at the level of our opponents. Like, we play someone big like Arkansas who still hasn't lost to anyone else besides us and show up and play at a high level for that game. But then when we play Rice, we don't play at that same high level we played Arkansas. We play at the level we just need to be to beat Rice which I don't really think is the best effort or way that you should be able to play. But, I mean, it's so frustrating. Which, by the way, I want to interject something just real quick. How funny was that Todd Stewart post? Was that not hilarious on Twitter? First of all, that was the stupidest tweet from Arkansas (laughs) I think I've ever seen. That's the biggest reach. Be like, oh, we've only lost, like... Was it how many... They they haven't lost any games in... They haven't uh, lost so many games in, in... Uh, well, how did he say it in, in basically in some yeah. stupid way, but they were just trying to make themselves look better than they are because they're not ranked for a reason. They haven't played much of anybody. So <laughs> Georgia uh, Tech's like their only good yeah. win. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, whoever tweeted that, that's just a reach. And even the Arkansas fans were like, bro, delete this. This is sad. That's terrible. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Stewart definitely burned that bridge. They're never playing us again in a non tournament. <laughs> oh, never again. Never again. <laughs> They're going to be like Kentucky now. They're pulling in Kentucky and never touching us again. Probably right. Um, But like you said, Western's got UAB. They got MTSU. Uh, UAB is going to be 
it should be a cakewalk, right? I mean, I wouldn't say it's a cakewalk. They they have talent even without Zach Bryant there. Taven Levin, you know, Jared's boy from Franklin is uh, is an athletic player. They've got Mac Targay is a good big man, even though he doesn't have great stats. I mean, their their problems are they're very they're like a less talented version of us. Like you know, they they can they play up to their opponent. They uh, who's their coach? Eason is that the name of their yeah, coach here? It's still Eason, yeah. Yeah, Eason that you know uh, succeeded Jared Haas, who went to Stanford. Uh, he hasn't. He has not been able to get it going there. And like UAB used to be a program that averaged you know eight ten thousand fans a game, and now they're averaging like four. So like they're they basically that whole fan base has shifted to football, and there's so much apathy in that program. So you can get up on a UAB on the road early, I think you can put them away. But they always, they have a, they're the only team in conference with a winning record against us all time. Maybe, maybe Marshall now too, because of uh, just not playing a lot recently. But like, uh, you know, I, you know, UAB's always kind of had our number and it's, it's a sneaky big rival. So I wouldn't take that one for granted. Middle, I, I think is legitimately bad. So, yeah, I agree. Um, UAB, let me see. I was just looking at nah, – I don't want to look at that game. Um, well, actually – They played Kentucky tough. They beat undefeated Duquesne uh, a couple weeks ago. So they're kind of a helter-skelter type team. But they lost both of their games on the road last week. Uh, Western is currently sitting at a minus one for the spread against that game. Um, uh, currently, the, the BPI has us at 62%. Uh, so we'll – I mean – Currently, Western's uh, points is 79, UAB 63. Uh, field goal percentage, we're shooting about 50%. They're shooting about 45%. Uh, so we'll just have to see. Um, currently, Western's won two. They've lost two starting conference. Uh, they have lost to, let me pull it up. Nah, that's not Charlotte and ODU, Sorry. I think. Um, yes, yes. And Charlotte and ODU. Uh, Charlotte's at one and ah. Charlotte, Charlotte's an interesting team this year when we get to them here in a couple weeks. They play that Virginia style, and that I think that game UAB had against them was like 50-49, to 49, something crazy That's like disgusting. That. Yeah. So let's hope that that's a game where whenever Western gets them on the schedule, you get out, you run with them, you blow them out of the building like we did last year. Yeah. I hope so. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte and uh, UAB's was 51-44. Ugh. Which, ugh. Yeah, exactly. That's just, ugh, yeah, it's just not even fun to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Take care of business this week. I mean, if you want fans to still be engaged and still care and not jump ship, beat these two teams, That one that's real and the other one that's just flat-out bad. Middle yeah. flat-out bad on Saturday. They've, yeah, they no haven't recovered. Them. Yeah, well, there's no excuse to lose to UAB if, with our talent differential and – and, uh, you know, where the programs are at right now. There's no excuse. The uh, Yeah, so once Western finishes on the road against those two, they will play ODU, uh, that Virginia, yeah. Uh, they will play them at home on the 16th at 8 p.m., and that will be on CBS uh, Sports Network for those of you who can't make it. Uh, but those of you that can should go and try and watch the game and support the guys. They'll appreciate it. Uh, so – Jump into our final segment here, uh, just like everybody else. As uh, Jared, you got to leave us. 
Uh, yeah, here in a second. Okay. You, well, we'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, right. we're going to do you first. Uh, everybody does New Year's resolutions. Uh, usually they end in like March uh, av on average, but we've got for football and basketball. Jared, I'll let you do yours, and then I'm going to read some from our fans and see what their theirs are for those sports. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Well, I probably echo what some people have said in the basketball group, but my resolution is for Rick Stansberry, and it's pretty simple. Don't be scared to make adjustments, with it, whether that's defensive adjustments, offensive adjustments, rotation adjustments especially. Like, don't be scared to just stick with your system and expect everything to work <coughs> out okay, because if this year right. and the last year has been an indication, it has not worked that way. Because, I mean, losing Bassey obviously is a terrible thing to have happen. But, I mean, maybe you try to let Matt Horton play a few more minutes and see if he can get anything going if there's the dominant big guy on the other team. Or maybe Cam Justice is having a terrible game and he's like one of seven shooting. Maybe you let Rawls play a little bit more and maybe set him on the bench or something. I don't know. I'm not a head coach, but what I do know is that all of us who have said these things – when he did make some adjustments in the North Texas game, things worked out pretty good. So maybe <laughs> that's that works. It's funny how that works. Like yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of people saying this, and if, like we've been getting dominated in the paint, and yet he still has people like Horton and people like Cozart, even though they may not be as experienced. I mean, there's still bodies that you can have. I mean, that's something that he really needs to think about because. The way that the modern era of basketball works is that not many players want to get recruited somewhere and fluffed up and everything. And then when you get on the team, you don't even see the court and Isaiah Cozart's uh, current Jeremiah Gambrell. Right Gambrell. I mean, he's another one. I mean, he's had some good moments. I mean, he's had a Can little bit of a 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 better version. <laughs> yeah, he's a better version. He's a little more consistent than Omer is, but. I mean, he needs to go a little deeper in his bench because I, it was what the North Texas blog tweeted along with what Ross tweeted earlier on our account is that that's what UTSA did in the tournament. They only played like six guys, and guess what? They lost. So if we, he only sticks with the same six guys that he's going to be using this entire season for the three days or four days in Frisco that we're going to have this season, it's not going to be pretty. Like, I, we won't even make it to the conference title game if that happens because they're going to have dead legs by the second or third day that we're down there. And depending on who we play, like if it's Old Dominion or Louisiana Tech, it's going to be a physically demanding game. So, I mean, I hate it that it always has to come down to just three or four days in the conference tournament. That depends on our season. But, I mean, failure to make it the NCAA tournament after a fourth year. Stansbury's already under a lot of heat, and that's just going to make things worse especially after the last two years of getting so close to getting back in there and being in the conference title game and losing both times. The fan base is restless, and we just want some changes. I mean, it doesn't have to be a head coach change, but we want to actually see our head coach make some changes. That's what is a good thing that they should do. So I hope that I'm not mistaking by just saying that he should go a little deeper into his bench, but I got to go. <laughs> so that's basically my resolution for that. So, please, Rick Stansberry, I know you're probably not listening, but make some adjustments on your rotations. Yes. Uh, hey, take care, Jared. Good talking to you, buddy. Uh, right, see you guys. But anyway, so uh, I'm going to read a couple real quick from our fans. Uh, I'll start with Matt's. Uh, Matt kind of uh, is going to echo a little bit what Jared said. Play the bench or your starters will peter out in March. Uh, completely agree. Uh, but uh, kind of like the fat person who makes the uh, uh, 
go to the gym, you know, resolution, <laughs> weight. I don't see it happening. I'm sorry. I just, if he hasn't been doing it, I just don't, you can't, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. You know, those kind of sayings are fitting in perfectly here. Do you know um, what the definition of insanity is, uh, Devin? Exactly. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Exactly. Uh, Richard says, play hard and play together. Yes. Uh, Scott says, energy, effort, intensity, 40 minutes every game equals no regrets, which, by the way, I, that always reminds me of the no regrets. But anyway. Um, that is, I mean, that is, that's really true when you look at that. I think that second half against North Texas is going to be the – can be the time where when everything goes right, they're playing hard, they play defense, they look focused. That's what they're capable of. That was the best half I've remembered since probably in two years. And they need to soul search and figure out how they did that and how to play at that level. So, um, Kimberly says, focus, put in some extra time shooting, work on some offensive plays. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think Stansberry's offense has always been a – a issue with with fans. I think it doesn't matter. Besides the one year we went to the NIT Final Four, it's, you know, it gets stagnant. It doesn't look like we're really running an offense. And, you know, it's it, half of the time it's passing around and trying to get a foul inside. That's, you know, that's not going to work. And when you can run plays, when you can run sets, that can get you out of slumps. That can get you out of stuff. That can get you to draw fouls. And, you know, We've got offensive talent on this team. I mean, we're a top 50 offense in the country. It's just if you run more of a flow-based system instead of just rolling the ball out there, you're going to be able to you know, score more consistently in crunch time. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Let me uh, uh, get that pulled back up, accidentally exit out of it. Um, but let's see. i got some good ones here. Come on back. Um Sorry about that, guys. Let me get this pulled back up. Just having one of those nice days where you just kind of goof off and do something completely wrong when you're not meaning to. Uh, James says recruiting. Uh, Geneva says coaching, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Jennifer says get some on-the-court leadership like Justin Johnson had when he was a player. Amen there. Definitely. Uh, I, think, John, I think that's been a recurring problem. Okay. I, I completely agree. I think we uh, – you know – you. Basketball is definitely a team sport, and you got to have some direction. I mean, and on the court leadership definitely helps. Uh, John says, "Never forget basketball is a team game, and together great things can happen." Just basically what I just said. Sorry, but uh, John uh, also Brooke uh, says, "Box out." Seems like a lost art. <sighs> Carson Williams I, had a good game boxing out, but yeah, I mean, rebounding is a total issue without Bassey and you've got to play harder without him. That's the only way you're not going to get murdered on the glass. Yeah. Uh, wife just got home in case anybody's wondering why the dogs are barking. Um, Butch says more depth with the bigs. Uh, Robert says just win baby. Well, yeah. And I already read Matt's Matt is the last one down there. Um, I would like to say that um, I would like to see, coach pull some uh younger guys put them in for you know a couple minutes here a couple minutes there let them do it uh you know save your bigs uh kind of give them the uh just a little boost right before you know the last five minutes of the game or whatever to give them a couple give them a couple breaths you know let them get in there uh but you know i'm sorry it's just not gonna happen 
I mean, obviously, we preach about this all the time, but he's not going to do that. It's just not in his... Uh, well, we can talk about the, those comments that he made, uh, you know, in Elliot Pratt's article yes. in the Bowling Green Daily yes. News. Uh, this, this is like, it disgusts me when I read this. It was like, you know, the game's at a, at a fine line and margin. We are games determined by a few possessions. We can't afford to let the younger guys grow through mistakes and multiple trips up and down. That's what non-conference non-conference is designed to accomplish. Well, he didn't play the the backups in non-conference either. So, I mean, I think it's it's just showing that yeah, what you're saying, Devin. He's not. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. He's not going to change. And then you know we're going to have the same problem we had last off season with mass exodus and lack of continuity when you can't. You know, these young guys need to be getting pulling 10 to 15 minutes a game to get their confidence up, get them ready. Lord knows we need another big man. Play Cozart more. I know he might be in your doghouse. You might not know what he's doing, but you can't. Carson Williams is going to just peter out and die if, if he doesn't get more rest between now and the end of the season. I, I completely agree. Um, my thing is, is there's got to be a question that fans and, you know, people around the program have to ask. When we have so many players jumping ship, when you know in the right after the season's over and everything, they're jumping ship, going to different schools, and this, this, and this. Well, yeah, I and mean, he, like Merrick Nelson, how important would he be on this team? He wasn't, he wasn't a flashy player, but he was a good role player who played good defense. Stansberry yeah. ran him off. I mean, there's yeah. there's a long laundry list of guys that oh, we'll upgrade talent. He sacrifices talent for chemistry. He doesn't play guys. He doesn't, you know. It, it's you know I I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt, but that Belmont game just drove me crazy, and it's just he needs to put up and shut up, and this is the year. Conference USA is awful. The really only good team in the league beside you know is Louisiana Tech, and they're still flawed. So yeah. we got to take advantage of this. You know what? It doesn't matter if you know if they were bad. If you can sneak into the NCAA tournament, that's my my resolution, Devin. Make the tournament yeah. this spring. Just um, I, no excuses. Just make it. I don't, yeah. I, you know, and yeah. you got to do the things that we've talked about to get there. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up another point. I actually just kind of my thing is okay. So I just thought of it. Um, with um, with what we're seeing right now, I know we're winning, but does it seem like to you like there was no backup plan if Bassey went down? Oh, totally. I think the backup plan left for Mississippi State, and Stansbury even admitted it. It was basically we didn't we were blindsided by Tolu Smith leaving, and we don't have any you know we you know let's hope Charles doesn't get hurt. Well, when he did, there's zero backup plans. Throw Carson Williams, who's you know six five, going against six eleven, six ten, six nine people, and he's just getting murdered inside. Like our our interior defense is awful. Our defense period awful. is, but yeah. My thing is, as a head, as a collegiate head coach, I, you got to have some kind of, you know, plan in place. I mean, I, I, you can't put all the weight on Bassey's shoulders as far as that goes, because then you're going to have kind of what we're going through now. I mean, we're we're still winning, but you know, we're losing that, you know, that definite key piece there. So you got to um, play. You got to play at least. You got to play at least nine players consistent minutes. Yes, and that means ten plus because that's you're going to keep your good guys happy, and then you know, and then you're going to extend the bench. Like right now, they've got basically a seven man rotation, and really Rawls is the only guy who he trusts to play off the bench on a consistent basis. That isn't going to cut it. 
and it's you know yeah. it's just going to leave your program in in bad shape because we we all have egos and everybody yeah. can't play. I don't think anybody's calling for Jackson Harwin to play, even though he's on scholarship. Yeah. It's okay, but when you have when you have flaws on your roster, play play guys, give guys breaks, give them chances, and you know what? Press, run. Get yep. more effort, you know. Get Gambrell ten minutes a game. Get Horton fifteen minutes a game. Get Cozart eight minutes a game, and then you can build that continuity over time. It's just his roster management is just, it's you know, an eight game management is just killing it. And it's you know, if if we don't make the tournament, it's 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 really going to be a reckoning. I really think that fans are going to be fed up with, and he brought a lot of this on himself. It's he yeah. hyped up he hyped up everything. We had these monster recruiting classes. And, you know, fair or not, a, a tip against Rice doesn't go in. You know, a bad five-minute stretch in the second half against ODU doesn't, doesn't work, whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want results. And if you're not, you know, it, if he would have made the tournament a couple times, we wouldn't be questioning him that much. It would be like, okay, well, it's just a bad luck season. But, you know, he's under the magnifying glass now. He needs to get there. Would you say his seat is hot or cold? I or think it's hot. I, I know. I think it's well. I don't see him getting fired at the end of the season, but I think that we've already seen it when it comes to fan reaction. Fan, you know, this is year four. It's it's definitely one. He if if we don't make the tournament this year, he's going to you know he's gonna fans are gonna be pissed. We only have one recruit signed right now, and you know it's it and there could be another revolving door offseason, and people are are just losing patience with it. You can you can have all this drama, all this stuff when you're winning, when you're underachieving, and when you're promising, you know, when you sign the best recruits in school history and can't even, you know, play up to your level, when you're beating a, a bad rice team by six points and you should be beating them by eighteen points, you know, yeah. that's gonna drive people crazy. Yeah, completely agree. Um, so let's slide over to football real quick. You did say your your resolution, right? For Sorry, football, we kind of for basketball. Not, yeah, it was just make the tournament. And okay. and right now, just play up to your potential. Like, start beating, in the short term, start beating these crappy Conference USA teams. I'm not just saying that because, you know, you know, Conference USA is terrible this year. Start beating these teams like you should. Start beating them by 12 or more points and taking care of business and start establishing yourself up to your level of potential instead of saying every game's going to be tight and we're just going to hang on and, because that's going to bite us in the butt. If, if you got to come in hot and play your best basketball, and now's the time to start doing it. Yeah, a lot of coach speech going on there. Um, <laughs> so did post the same question in the football uh, Facebook group. And so some of these aren't bad. Some of these are really far-fetched, and uh, some of them are you know pretty much the same. Uh, so Mike says conference title next year has to be at the top. Yeah, I mean, kind of agree. Uh, Janice says, do what we, uh, quotation marks, or parentheses, WKU and fans need to do to keep our coach, uh, our coach more than a couple of successful seasons. Yeah, I completely agree. Got to keep him. Uh, Gary says, 10 or more wins, the rest will take care of itself. Gary, 10 wins is crazy. I mean, don't I, me I don't think it's crazy. I mean, that's literally <laughs> just two more, that's two more wins than we had this season. Uh, and how close were we to getting there? Jared said it all the time. We were literally a, a made field goal from Marshall and a terrible yeah. fourth quarter against Central Arkansas 
from getting to 10 wins this year. That's not crazy. Let's see. Middle, Marshall, UAB. Those, that's three that's possible. Uh, ODU. I would say we could probably take Atlantic this year. Okay. Okay. I'm, I might. Okay. I'll go. I'll see the nine and then the 10th would be the bowl game, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I predicted nine and three, but I mean, if, if this team 17 starters back, the, the Marshall was trending down, uh, Southern Miss who's on our schedule trending down, uh, Florida Atlantic, who's our, you know, won two titles in the last three years. They have a new coaching staff. Who knows how Taggart's going to do there? Yeah. This is the year, kind of the stars aligned. If you think back, remember 2014, Devin, you know, WKU, you know, they finished uh, 7-5 after the Marshall win, and they came and they beat Central Michigan and all that buzz because they had all these people coming back. The only difference is we don't have a quarterback right now that's proven. Yeah. But if we find a quarterback, all the other pieces are there. We're going to have the best defense we've ever had, and, you know, I, I have faith in year two of, you know, Helton's offense and uh, Brian Ellis's offense that they can go from the, what, what did they finish points per game in football? Probably okay. like 28 or something. Like maybe they can get to 35 points a game and start yeah. being explosive again. Yeah, I'm not – let me see. I'm going to take, take a quick gander at that. Um, let's see here. Well, let me look at this while that's loading up. Uh, conference champion, which I think we've, yeah, I think that's a possibility. Uh, BCS Busters, which would be fun. Uh, beat Middle, definitely a possibility. Uh, Kathy says, keep our coach, be consistent, and everything else will fall in place. Go tops. Yep. Uh, Michael says, recruit, recruit, recruit. Uh, Dustin says, keep our coaching staff in place, all of them, and get the team active in the community. Lots of press coverage. If that sells a thousand more tickets per game, it's worth it. And as fans, we need to recruit quote people and get them to the games. Pack the house. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, love love to see a lot more people coming to the games uh, and actually stay for the entire game. Uh, Terry Claypool says, "Move up a conference." That's not happening. Yeah, just <laughs> it's not. We don't have the money, dude. I mean, to go to the next level. I mean, you're going to have to. For instance, it doesn't the SEC have a seating uh, capacity that they have to stay with? No, it doesn't. No, because Vanderbilt's is like a third of the others. But the thing is, it's it's not happening. Like we just, you got to control what you can control. What you do now is you keep winning. You know, we've eight or nine years we made a bowl game. That's huge. You got to yeah. keep winning, and you got to keep selling tickets, and you got to keep building on it. And then maybe next time in five or six years when the musical chairs start again, uh, you got to pray that you know you've put yourself in a good enough position where, hey, we're an attractive program. People know who we are. You know what? The AAC needs a spot. Boom, we're going to call up WKU, which I still don't think would happen because Bowling Green's tiny. But you can. It doesn't matter. You just have to do what you can do. So, so I can't find where it actually has uh, the. Oh, here we go. Team stats. Sorry about that. Um, Western's points. Let's see. Points, 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 points. Points allowed. Western is the number one in Conference USA. 20 points allowed per game. Followed by UAB with 20.8. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to find scoring. Um, But, yeah, I completely agree. 25.4 points a game. So, let's, let's... Minimum add five points a game, but I, I think 
You know, you look at the Braum era, like, let's get to 35 points. You know, we, I agree. That we've shown that this staff, part of this staff was part of a great offense, and you still return four offensive linemen. That was number 20 in the country, offensive line. You return Gage Walker, 1,200-yard rusher. You cornered Josh Jaquan, or Jacor Pearson, who is a great slot receiver with 800 yards. You return Josh Simon, who is a beast. I mean, there's tons of weapons all over the place. We should take a step forward if we can find a quarterback. Which, by the way, Gage Walker was uh, second in the uh, total yards rushing for Conference USA with 1,208. Uh, he's behind Marshall's Brandon Knox with 1,387. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then, of course, the final uh, New Year's resolution for football on the post is from Scott. It says, get bigger and stronger. Offseason is the time to grow our players. Completely agree. Uh, development, you know, strength, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, I guess personally I would love to see Western. I would love to see Western ranked. That would be kind of my resolution. Get Western here, to break top 25. Here, here's the thing there. We've got the schedule to do it. Like yeah. you, you want you know these aren't Indiana and uh, Louisville aren't crappy Power Five teams. They're good Power Five teams, but they're not great Power Five teams. Yeah, you you go up to Bloomington week two, you 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 know everything's clicking. Boom, that's a statement win on you know probably on Big Ten Network. And then, yeah, you know you take care. You beat Hugh Freeze in week three. You know that's a name brand again. You know name brand coach you beat at least, and then and then you go back up the road to Louisville. You beat them. You know. Which they return a lot of good players too, especially on offense. Like you're going to be, you have an opportunity to make some statement wins. That frankly, you know, beating a two, you know, a two win Arkansas or two win Kentucky didn't do this. These would be like, okay, we've got the talent to actually stand out because I, I'd say, you know, those IU and Louisville teams are probably minimum six wins next season. So yeah, probably right. Um, so what would you be your uh, resolution for football? Find a quarterback. That's that's mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty quick and easy. Um, yeah. Do you, okay. Just so I, mean, just, I think maintain the staff. Uh, you know, build buzz this year. I think Todd Stewart, as as great as he's been as a you know as an administrator and everything else, they need to find a way to get Bowling Green jacked about this season. This is the biggest season that we've we've had since 2015 that we know about and it's it's up to it's up to them to sell this season i think you know what's let's get you know not just students there students do great get bowling green excited about the team yes that's yeah that's that's what i would say i mean if you've got to offer tickets to uh you know 20 gallons of gas or whatever and a you know a hot dog i don't care just you know get people there to uh, support these guys so they can, uh, you know, do it, be as successful as they possibly can. Um, don't forget to check out uh, men's basketball plays UAB uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. in Birmingham. What was and, your resolution, Devin? I, I don't think you said it. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I just said be ranked. I just want to be ranked. ranked. Okay, yeah. Um, women's basketball plays MTSU uh, on Saturday at 2 p.m. That's on ESPN3 or 102.7. Um so check those out. Uh, follow Ross on the Tower Rack, and um, he's got those articles out uh, that he spoke about earlier with the schedule. And uh, what was the other one you said? Uh, the thing, the top offseason questions, which was I posted that on the third of January. You know, Matt's got some good information about uh, you know analyzing 
what Western needs to do to, you know, maximize their uh, team in basketball, women's top basketball notebook. We're the only blog that consistently posts stuff. I mean, the, some of the some of the other people that people interact with online, they'll come in, they'll be a flash and pan for a week and then disappear. We were we were keeping the content train rolling, whether it be the podcast, you know, opponent Q and A's, game analysis. We were keeping that whole train running during the December break. So I mean, we you know we love this. This is this is our uh, kind of passion, our hobby, and. Uh, you know, we, we love all you fans that, you know, read our stuff and uh, comment on stuff. So, Amen. Um, I, I personally love fan interaction. I love talking to you guys about what you want to hear and what you see. And uh, so, uh, guys, as always, follow Towerack, follow us, uh, keep listening, and like, share, and subscribe. And as always, guys, go Tops. Go Tops. See you, buddy. Have a good right, one. Later, Devin, man. Hey, thank, I'm glad I finally made it back on. So. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, if, you know, if there's anything I can help you with, uh, any advice and stuff with your uh, daughter coming, let me know. So Appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. See you, buddy.